Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So Dubai is back, isn't it? It's really back this week and last week after Ramadan, after Eid. Uh, it's really booming at the moment. There was Arabian travel market uh, conference with over 30,000 people. A future investment summit this week. Floyd Mayweather's fighting in Burj Al Arab tomorrow night. Uh, there's Dubai Comedy Festival starting and all these things are good for business. Uh, so it's great to see. Um, and this week we've got a good Dubai business on the show. Uh, they're like a startup, they're about five years old, but they're profitable um, and they're, you know, providing a need in an area that isn't the most sexiest part of business, but it's a really important part and um, I really enjoyed the conversation today and I think, you know, we've had a few different cybersecurity conversations with Palo Alto Networks and a few others if you scroll through uh, previous episodes, but I think you'll really get something out of this. Uh, it'll make you think about your IT differently. So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Mitchell uh, Mobayed. He's the co-founder and CRO, Chief Revenue Officer of Truly Secure. So they are an IT provider and digital transformation company. Uh, they work on strategy, uh, data centers, and cloud implementation for cybersecurity. They also do DevOps and that help uh, build modern workplaces while providing their clients with managed support every step of the way. So uh, welcome, Mitchell. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. So how is, um, so tell us a bit about Truly Secure. So Truly Secure was created uh, on the basis that we found a major gap in the market here. One of that being the quality and delivery of IT managed services in the region. Uh, when we looked at uh, the existing market and what was being delivered, we found really widespread, some of which was, you know, delivering poor quality services for a very minimal amount of money. And on the other side, there was only IT managed services aiming towards the large enterprises or multinational companies here. So there's a huge gap really to understand what value we can bring to companies, mainly looking at SMBs in the region and as well looking at the enterprises, large enterprises here too. Um, and understanding that, you know, technology or the, or the variations in tech, the changes in tech that we see constantly is very tough to keep up with. And unless you're specializing in that and focusing on those advancements, it's very tough to mm. be able to deliver that within your company, which is why under understanding that we created Truly Secure to deliver IT managed services, essentially to become an extension of that company's IT team or to replace it entirely, knowing that our uh, entire team goes through rigorous training, technical training, making sure that they're co continuously updated with new technology waves, what's coming in, what can we implement for our clients, which you know is going to ensure their protection first and foremost, but also to increase collaboration, to increase um, you know the means of communication between them, how they can share documents, what they can do essentially as a company by virtual means. Mm. So Truly Secure was created to deliver those types of services to clients that we see in this region need, needing those services. So amazing. So like a traditional IT services company, but adapted in obviously the fast changing IT requirements for businesses and everything like that. When was the company founded and, you know, your co-founder and was there another co-founder as well? Yes. So Jonathan Kelly, who's the chief technology officer of Truly Secure and the co-founder as well. 
uh, company was started in 2017, uh, but it was Jonathan on his own at the time where there wasn't much movement happening mm. with the company. I was in the United States at the time. I was working for uh, Fortune 500 in the U.S. in Salt Lake City, Utah. Actually. Okay. And um, I came back uh, to Dubai. I was born and raised here, uh, been here a long time. And I decided to come back to Dubai, obviously, because there, there was Expo, which was announced. And, um, you know, there was opportunity. I came back. I was doing a project for Midfield Terminal Building, Abu Dhabi. And we had some issues technically that needed to be delivered. And we had quotations from all over the place for, you know, in the seven figure digits, 10 figures, some people coming, you know, and, and not really hitting the nail on the head in terms of what we needed. Jonathan appears out of nowhere and says, I will get this completed for X amount of money. So we said, okay, go ahead. Three days later, he comes back, everything was running smoothly. And it was something that I hadn't seen anybody else was able to do in, in, in that short of time, especially with by himself. Yeah. So we ended up going into discussion uh, and rebranding his company and, and essentially founding Truly Secure for what it is today and expanding from there. And since then, it's been, you know, upwards, I guess I can say. Amazing. But your your background as well, mentioned like, you know, you're a chief revenue officer for an IT firm. Does that mean that you come from an IT background or a business background? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I actually come from a business background. My whole life has always been business. It's been instilled in me since I was young. Hmm. But any good businessman, I guess, can say, can identify an opportunity and be able to create, you know, the, well, identify the need and then create the services that can fulfill that need mm. or fill that void. So I was, as I mentioned, when I was in, in the U.S., I was actually on the business side, but continuously interacting with a technical team. And I also realized they made a lot more money than me. Mm -hmm. So by understanding that, I, I, I knew that with the future wave that's coming, with you know, I looking into the trends of where the world is going. If you looked at the early 2000s, the top 10 companies in the world were all oil and gas or energy companies. Mm. Shift forward 10 years later, it's all technology companies. So if you're going to aim to do something, my, my idea was to aim for the top. If I'm going to do something, I want to be number one. I don't want to be, you know, second, third, fourth, etc. So my business background merged with a technical background. Essentially, once I realized the importance of having a technical team on hand at all times and then while i was here understanding how that technical team can be leveraged by startups who can't afford potentially a you know quite an advanced technical uh, team member mm. or several team members and to give it to them at an affordable cost but to allow them to gain you know highly technical services at the same time to push forward their company. Mm, okay. So uh, obviously, and we'll talk a little bit later about the industry, but in terms of truly secure, what's the breadth of your services with IT? IT can be quite broad. Mm -hmm. um, and we mentioned cybersecurity earlier. Uh, what's, what, what are your services in a nutshell? So our services as an IT managed services firm, it spans across essentially the entire IT realm. We make sure that we provide 24 by 7 support, 365 days a year to all our clients, meaning that if there is any issue whatsoever with infrastructure, with users, with endpoints, so it could be devices, laptops, etc., that our team is on standby at all times to assist. At the same time, uh, we implement you know, different cybersecurity solutions to make sure that there is protection uh, across the company, whether it's on a user level or if we're looking, you know, just in general on the networks, 
that is a 24 by 7 365 job as well and it's continuously monitored uh, moving past that we also have data center and cloud services to make sure that we're optimizing our clients infrastructure cloud can tend to be quite expensive if it's not optimized and it's not hosted in the right way hmm. and our main goal with that is to ensure that clients are saving money through their operations and not you know it's not a cost center it should be adding value to their business moving forward past that we also have modern workplace solutions now modern workplace solutions is a is a great one because you know what i see at least in the uae is that you know in some industries it's still quite archaic in terms of operations and and we are a bit behind in terms of you know wide adoption i guess from the it managed services perspective however um, that being said once we come into a company and we've seen that and we modernize their workplace making sure that they can have access to collaboration among each other despite not being in the same location having access to all the work that they've done at office or at home um, what that allows us to do is you know ensure that those companies can operate at the highest efficiency and at the same time in case there's any issues whatsoever you also have backup and disaster recovery plans which we manage on their behalf hmm. um, so across the board we have that in place and as an additional step we also offer cyber insurance there's a lot of issues especially in our region our region has a high value of business but low security implementation and ceos are aware of that so are hackers so are bad actors mm. if you don't have the correct protection in place you will become a target it's it's quite simple especially in this day and age so with our services what we do is we lock down entirely you know your infrastructure make sure you are protected but at the same time uh, if by any chance something bad occurs then we back you up with a ransomware insurance to make sure that if any ransomware is proposed that that is paid on behalf of the company and that is you know extremely key for for smaller and medium-sized businesses quick fact for you 60 percent of businesses that lose data shut mm. down within six months mm. that's a scary figure especially when you're looking at the startup ecosystem or the medium-sized enterprise mm. ecosystem that is a you know quite a a, 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 top, a topic which I think is so important to bring to light because mm. for them your business is essentially what fuels your life as a founder or as, a, as an owner it provides for your family it provides for the means of your living it makes sure that you can live essentially so by making sure we have that protection in place and that insurance in place you know you get health insurance you get car insurance why are you not insuring your business in case of a worst case scenario yeah. so we provide that as well our clients especially you know and there's a lot to unpack there and i want to kind of go back a bit first but on that point uh it's you know it's pertinent and isn't it as in um you know for example anecdotally uh our company like anyone might have cloud hosting mm -hmm. services and if we don't have the right security which has happened to us on occasion hackers get in they use our aws for mining and we we foot the bill 20 30 50 thousand dollars and amazon are kind of like you know you should have you should have got, had your your stuff together you know and i think people really to answer your question on that or you know general point is that people might know what house insurance is and what health insurance is but they might know that the even insurance companies i don't think know how to offer that services which is i guess would be why you're you're acting like an insurance brokerage now right um is, and is that does that mean you have to have a different type of a business or are you just kind of 
um, offering a service there. So it's it's essentially in a way we do we offer that insurance and we make sure our clients are protected. But you raised a really good point, which is insurance companies do not know how to approach this topic. And the reason why is because again there is not enough I guess due diligence done on the clients prior to insuring them. A lot of big insurance companies lost a lot of money because they did not take the steps to verify or validate that that client had put in the correct protection. Just like any insurance, they want to do their due diligence and make sure that you know the, the cost of your insurance that you're paying is matching up to the, the protection or the, the insurance that you're receiving. So from that perspective, we are in a sense not off, operating like a brokerage, but you know, adding a service into our, our managed services line that is not being offered elsewhere because it is tough for those large insurance companies to validate whether or not that client can be insured. And to have the in-house expertise around these things. Correct. Interesting. So, um, you know, of those services, uh, I guess the broader question is what type of clients do you work with in the region? But um, And if you can explain what's the breakdown, what's uh, where is the majority of your business in those buckets? Yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, most of our business, or I guess it is quite a spread, we work with companies as small as five or six people mm. uh, at a very affordable price to make sure that they have access to a technical team. And we work with you know companies as large as a thousand people. At the end of the day, what matters is that you know the right management is in place of your system across industry across industries. So you know whether I, there is of course a main focus on on uh, on industries which hold more personable information, such as for example insurance companies, financial firms, whether that's banks, digital banks, uh, wealth management firms, investment offices, uh, family offices, certainly. So the services companies who are mainly online and digital, like, uh, yeah. Not necessarily, okay. actually, because at the end of the day, one point which I truly believe is that as a, cl as a client of, a, of an organization, if you are handing over personal information, that could be your name, your date of birth, your number, your credit card information, your financial information in general, you are entrusting that organization with your data. Mm -hmm. And unless you authorize that organization to be able to share your data elsewhere, then they should not be doing so. And if they did not have the right protection in place initially, then by all means, it is their fault for sharing your data, which you did not authorize. And that is your personal right, whether or not you want your name, your number, your credit card information on, on the internet or released anywhere for that matter. So uh, when we put our credit card details into uh, a website, we just assume that they're secure. And then if we hand it to like a gym membership over the phone, they should also have these procedures in place. Absolutely. The management of the back end in terms of how your data is hosted, how the security is implemented across the board is extremely important as an organization. You have a responsibility as a company to all your clients to maintain confidentiality on their behalf, whether that's a medical firm, not wanting your medical information out there, whether that's, as I said, an insurance firm, financial firm, it could be as simple as your, your date of birth that you don't want released. Now, all of these, it could be snippets of information, it could be in its entirety, it puts you at risk because now you are exposing information about yourself or they are exposing information about yourself that you did not want exposed mm. and it could be used against you, whether for good or bad. Mm. Interesting. I just wanted to touch on something earlier. Um, we don't often talk about the pandemic anymore, uh, thankfully, but modern organizations and modern workplaces, is that something that came up 
um, because it, it struck me that when you were describing it, that it was contingency planning and it sounded like it was a service that was needed when uh, organizations had to move their their staff out of the office. Was that something that came up then? or Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always been, it was available prior to COVID that we had those services. But what COVID did is it just put a magnifying glass on the companies that did not have those modern workplace solutions in place. Mm. If you did not have access to, you know, your data, the information, client projects potentially, uh, while you're locked down at home, then your business is quiet for three months and it absolutely will suffer. And that's what happened throughout COVID. However, those companies that had prepared prior to that were operating as business as usual. The only thing was that they were located at their home. Mm. And that's what I think is important for all companies to understand, that if you have the right solutions or infrastructure in place, that you can be anywhere in the world and still have that value delivered for you. And you can ensure that it's done in a secure way. And you can ensure that it's done you know, in the benefit of your business at the end of the day, making sure that that infrastructure is there to be utilized at all times or as of when it's needed. Yeah. Okay. So uh, kind of similar question to before about what part of the business that you get, right? And mm -hmm. I, I kind of alluded to at the start that you're a traditional company, as in IT services companies have been around a long time, but they're used in different ways now. In the past, some organizations would have an in-house IT person. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, get IT, call IT, right? They come into the room and they fix the, the projectors and the Apple HDMI cables that don't work. That's IT, right? So sure. in people's minds and business planning and resource planning, a line item for IT is to do with I, my laptop is overheating, right. right? And then, so that's okay. So is that when you say people have IT budgets and work with you, is that what they're thinking? Um, and how are, if not, then how are people thinking of the need and budget allocation for the need of the other services that you provide? Yeah, that, that's that's a, a great question. In terms of how, I guess we can break it down, in terms of our services, how we deliver them, everything is customized per each client. We cannot engage with the client before analyzing what they have in place. And that's not only from an infrastructure perspective, that's even on user levels. How do does your company, does your team interact with one another via what means? You know, many choose to utilize, for example, the Google stack of solutions for mm. the 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 for their company or it could be the microsoft stack for that matter you're utilizing office uh, word etc uh, so all of these things are important to understand about the client and what we do is we give them we give them a an, a, an estimated monthly budget for which will cover all the needs within their it space now you also brought up a great point which is people think of it as uh, you know uh, an it personnel coming in and fixing a laptop or adjusting mm. that is true to some degree but, um, you know, when we look at that, there's so much more to the back end management of IT as well. That is a level one support, which we offer to our clients that could be done either remotely or if they should choose that it could be done on site as well. So we also have team members around Dubai in our clients offices that manage um, on premise issues or support uh, that's required. Mm. However, we also have our operations center which is based in Ras Al Khaimah. We kept it one and a half hours outside of Dubai for disaster recovery purposes to make sure that, uh, you know, for example, in COVID, Dubai was completely locked down. Ras Al Khaimah was much more free. There was social distancing yeah. by default. I remember, yeah. So from that perspective, we look at our clients, each one with a customized proposal, delivering exactly to what their needs are based in the IT, on their IT requirements. 
That covers protection, that covers support, that covers usability of their entire system, hosting of their data, access to all of that as well, so access control, how they are gaining access, whether that's multi-factor authentication, biometrics. There's, it is so vast and so many different topics you can touch on mm. in terms of how people can engage with their companies via the means of IT and how each step with a multi-layered approach can protect them. Mm. Uh, on top of that as well, with the... Um, with the IT, it's always looked at as quite a chaotic role, right? Call the guy for support because something is broken, we need it now, it's always emergency number one. It's a big misconception that IT is con constantly complicated. A good system is a good system. If it's managed properly, it'll run properly. Mm. So by putting the right partners in place, such as Truly Secure, what do we do? We try to minimize the friction that you have within your IT space and make sure that it is a well-oiled machine that runs smoothly. Many, I, I, I obviously don't want to say names or anything, but I've seen many competitors that want to maintain chaos because it makes them look busy. Mm. And if they are not there, then of that course. chaos would you know, yeah. blow up. It should not be the case. Your IT should run smooth like an engine. <laughs> it's good uh, you mentioned engine, and I was thinking of mechanics as well. Like, you know, it's good if the car is broken because you keep having to fix it, right? Exactly. A, exactly. A smooth running car um, or, or other uh, automobile or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I w we talked a little bit about the kind of IT services and mm -hmm. tech support, and, you know, we touched on cybersecurity, but you, and, and you brought up the clouds uh, systems. And isn't that you know fundamentally where it all starts? Uh, well, obviously there's there's hardware, but from a software point of view, uh, do you offer consultancy services around that? Um, you know, I think you mentioned quite interestingly that you can optimize uh, clouds fees, uh, but is there is there sort of a framework that you look at? I, I, you know, on a client by client basis. Mm -hmm. But would you do an audit and would you say? Um, what's that word? Uh, what's that acronym? Uh, e GRP or something? Yeah. GDPR. Not GDPR. No. Sorry, um, the one where where you have to have all your softwares aligned. ERP or something like oh, that. Oh, your ERP solution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so would you look at people's kind of tech stack in a company and and um, advise them on on ERP and and everything like that? Absolutely. So the entire tech stack within a company's organization is what we manage essentially on their behalf. We also understand that there are systems in place currently with clients that we would engage with that are working smoothly for them and they're very happy with. So you would do procurement for them for SaaS uh, products? Absolutely. What, and what we are doing is instead of having clients work with 10, 12, 13 different vendors, you now deal with Truly Secure, who manages those vendor relationships on your behalf. With your log with your relationships or on, on with their logins, their companies? They have full access and full control. The only difference is they deal with a singular point of contact to manage their entire IT. And that okay. could be from vendor relationships, consolidation, uh, making sure that we're getting the best pricing for them. Why? Because we are a managed service provider, we also get preferable pricing. And we tend to pass those cost savings on to our clients. So by dealing with us, we're also availing you know, cost savings. That is our key thing. We want to save clients money while making sure they have a well-operated you know, IT department across the board in their organization. That comes down to, as you mentioned, 
doing assessments for them, understanding when we engage with them, where you currently stand. That could be a cybersecurity assessment. That could be an infrastructure optimization assessment. It could be a cloud migration assessment in the sense that they are moving from on-premise servers hosted locally onto the cloud, what that would cost them, and a full analysis, really to take them along the journey of digital transformation. You know, I, I, I love to touch on this point because it's so important for companies to adapt and make sure that they are up to standard technically and, and, and from the digital space because that's where the world is going. Mm. If you are not involved in that space as a company, then eventually you will fizzle out. You need to be on top of that. You need to make sure that from a digital perspective, you're operating at the top of your game. And I mm. think that that's really key. Okay, interesting. So kind of segueing into the industry topic a little bit and... Just on that point, mm -hmm. uh, is it your assessment that software as a service companies are, are there aren't really that many of, of them successfully in this region, that they're kind of, you know, imported and therefore not localized? And uh, do you think there's a, a gap there? I think that as software as a service, there's tremendous opportunity. If you are if you have a company which offers software as a service, there's a tremendous opportunity for you to onboard clients quickly mm. at, at an affordable cost for them. There is a, a great ecosystem here for startups and companies and founders who are, you know, offering uh, software as a service from their companies and focusing on, on great challenges. But you're absolutely right in the sense that a lot of it is imported. It is coming from, you know, the West. However, this year more than ever, what I've seen is a, you know, real focus on investing into the ecosystem here. Mohammed bin Rashid Fund just announced, I believe, a 350 million dirham or dollar, I'm not sure, yeah. uh, investment. Uh, uh, we covered it and I can't remember either. Yeah, so <laughs> what, it's one or the other. Crazy, either yeah. way, it's a great sum of yeah. money to invest into the ecosystem and make sure that that flourishes. You know, I have friends, um, I'd like to mention, for example, Cameron Collins, who we recently established a partnership. His whole goal with his company, WorkFam, is to ensure that he is increasing employee engagement employee happiness and gamifying work which i think as humans we're naturally competitive so if you can gamify your daily work then naturally you're going to you know pull in your team to want to perform better for your company mm. with rewards based on that you know whoever's hitting their kpis within that month is going to receive you know a trip to the spa for example complimentary mm. from the company all of these things provide motivation and with software as a service can be deployed in masses versus mm. going to each client site and deploying it on premise on their infrastructure. At the same time, you get access to support. You get access to monitoring all of your, your softwares um, from, from the, the vendor and from your side when working with Truly Secure. Mm. So I think it's a lot more flexible. There is certainly a lot of huge potential in this region for that. And we are coming to the point where I believe there's going to be mass adoption of software as a service companies, not only from the West, as we see today, but also locally, because there's some tremendous projects happening. And that would be great, because I think, you know, price points, when you have an American or Western price point, it isn't always favorable, especially in this region. Um, so it would be good to see more op options localized from software and things like that. But you've gone down the other route, and I think how you explained it, um, reminded me of the agency model in advertising in terms of, uh, you know, th that you will manage everything and you'll, you'll reach the media and you'll make the decisions based on your expertise. And that seems to be, that happens when something fragments so much, when there's so many options. 
Um, and now there's so many options of software. So the need for what you're doing is becoming more and more. Um, you know, do you think that, uh, you know, the growth plan that you've been on in the last five years, uh, is that something that you see that you'll need to scale a bit more? Will you need more offices? And are you entering into a new area of IT, basically? Uh, absolutely. There is, as we're, you know, continuously moving towards the future, you know, companies are looking to future-proof their mm. company. Mm. Uh, it's very hard to retain strong IT talent. And the reason for that is because there is a shortage of skilled IT staff globally. That being said, in order for a startup or a medium-sized enterprise to retain you know, a top-class IT talent, it's tough because they need to be challenged constantly and constantly learning and adapting to the new technologies. Mm. So there's always a risk from that perspective. However, with what we're putting in place for, for our clients, you will always have access to a highly trained team. And what we're seeing now, especially with the new legislation, data protection legislation that was announced in the UAE, there's also one in Saudi as well, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, mm. there is a huge push in terms of advancements from the technical space and digital space, both from legislation, protection for people who are involved, as well as um, the need for companies to now engage with managed service providers. Like mm. you mentioned, there is so many different companies now offering very similar services. Which one is the right one for your company? Which one delivers the best value for the best price? That is what our job is. And we make sure you know, we do that on behalf of clients while making sure that at all times they have access to support. Now, in terms of growth, we're seeing a lot more interest from larger enterprise, medium companies and startups to engage with us because we essentially become an extension of their team to support them in whatever they'd like to do whether it's you know, assistance on DevOps for their projects or mm. on what they're developing, or it is making sure that their you know, entire infrastructure runs smoothly. We cover all of that for yeah. them. For expansion and what we're looking at in terms of new markets, the kingdom, is, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is very, very interesting. There is a lot of opportunity happening there. I think that the trajectory that they're on is going to you know, make the, the region a, a leader in, in the, the digital space. Okay. Uh, and in the UAE as well, the focus on digital services and companies and welcoming, welcoming them with open arms is something that I think is amazing by establishing, for example, the Silicon Oasis free zones where you have the techno hub full of great uh, technology companies. Mm. So, you know, this region, I think, is quick to make decisions. And by doing so, they're attracting a lot of top, uh, top talent in our space. And people want to be here and deliver these services here because they can see the potential and opportunity in being an untapped market still for the most part today. Amazing. All that thought I want to ask about the compared with different markets, but just two quick questions. Where did you guys register? Are you in one of those Silicon Oasis? And as a services company, do you need funding? Do you need to do that side of things? Absolutely. So the... The company was registered initially in Dubai Silicon Oasis in uh, Techno Hub. So it started off there and we were there in, in the beginning just brainstorming for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, uh, deciding to look at Ras Al Khaimah was a really great decision for us. Uh, we opened our mainland company in Ras Al Khaimah. So mm -hmm. we have multiple trade licenses. The mainland company in Ras Al Khaimah is for the operations center and for you know our personnel as well to you know receive all their benefits, the visas, etc. Um, and by doing so, um, 
and segregating that, we now get the best of both worlds where we can play in, in Dubai and we have a sales office also on Sheikh Zayed Road. But our main operations is in Ras Al Khaimah, which is lower cost of living. It's only an hour out of Dubai. For disaster recovery purposes, we are completely secured for all of our clients, making sure that we'll always have access to our offices. And um, there's, um, I think, I think it's, uh, it has been set up in a way that you know the security and the support of our clients was always thought of first, and at the same time that our team gets more value for what they're receiving. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, of growth and and uh, investment, absolutely, we're looking to expand uh, in upcoming Q3, Q4. We're looking to raise uh, some significant investment to expand into other territories, uh, as well as to acquire more key personnel. As I mentioned, to attract top IT staff uh, or personnel around the the, the world, and to may, remain remain competitive, you need to make sure that you know you have a lot of interesting projects, opportunities that are happening that they can learn and grow from. How do you approach that investment? Because you you know you, you might be categorized as an SME, you know revenue generating, probably profitable, five years old. How many staff? We're sitting at about uh, 18 currently. Okay, so 18 people. So, I mean, that's a tricky decision, isn't it? Like how to approach it. You, do you go down the, the venture route? Do you look at um, debt? Do you look at different things? Uh, what's your view on that? So with our company and what we're looking at, it's always key strategic partners that we want to be involved with. Yeah. Money is easy to get in this day and age, in my opinion. There's a lot of venture firms and, and, and a, a lot of, you know, whether it's independent investor, venture capital firms, private equity firms, there's a lot of different companies or people that you can get money off today. Mm. But money it does not make the business. It's the right partners, the right network, the right efforts that go into the growth that actually make it successful. Mm. Thank God we were profitable after our first year as a mm. startup. That's you know quite rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, majority of our revenue comes from recurring revenue. So we're in contracts with our clients where we are being paid monthly or every six months, three months, whatever they feel comfortable with mm. to maintain and, and support them across you know, their company from the IT uh, segment. So looking at that, when I'm looking to raise capital, it is to have the right people on board with the right network that can assist in allowing us to grow versus just throwing money towards us. Hmm. We know what to do with it, but it's always better to have somebody who'd want to be involved and grow with us and connect us to the right spaces uh, in order for the company to continue on its trajectory. Sounds smart. Um, so yeah, I asked you to hold, hold a thought because I was just thinking, um, I never set up a business anywhere else. And I remember you know, working in the UK and Ireland and um, needing IT, but the world has evolved in the last 10, 15 years, especially a lot of the topics that we've talked about with cybersecurity, with cloud a software service and things like that. Mitchell, in your experience from working in the US, uh, you know, is it harder here or easier? I, I don't think it's harder or easier. I think it's completely different. It's a different challenge. It's a different, uh, it's a different culture completely. Uh, luckily, I, I was born here. I was raised here for a large majority of my life. I understand this place very well. Uh, in the US, uh, it's a very... Uh, transaction-oriented culture in a sense. They are, they are a spending society. Whereas I feel that the UAE tends to step back and analyze more what they're actually paying for, what they're looking to step into with, with vendors. It's a partnership, essentially. Mm. So it's not easier or harder. It's a different approach. Uh, the US transactions happen quicker. 
uh, in the UAE, uh, you built a relationship which I believe stands for a longer period of time. Mm. So it depends on what you're aiming for as a startup, what you're looking to do. However, the US market is significantly larger, but there is also significantly more competition. Okay. With our region, there's still a lot of, I think, time that we need to catch up to where the US stands today in terms of compliance, in terms of te you know, technical deployments and adoption. Um, and you know what we can do with that is, you know, it doesn't matter if a client for us is in the UK or in the US or in the UAE, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, wherever, we can deliver them services remotely mm. and give them the same protection that all our clients in the UAE get. And, and so to the point of, you know, the, the people with 100 people, the people with five people, um, is it easier for them? Is it because of competition, because there's basically more of you over in the US, mm. therefore they have access to better quality IT. So in, in that respect, is it harder for startups? Like, I guess where I'm coming from is people say that for SMEs, banking and capital is hard here. And people mm. would say, yeah, I get that because SMEs funding is hard to get and things like that. But from, from a, and then from a software service point of view, sure, there aren't that many localized players, but still it's in the clouds and we can have the same services. Um, it's democratized, right? We Correct. can have the same cloud service that Netflix have. Like we, it doesn't um, debilitate us because we're based in Dubai. We can have literally the same service <laughs> access that they yeah. do. But in terms of um, services and expertise, um, you know, we don't necessarily have that much expertise. If we've got a technical issue with our new studios, uh, how do we, like, you know, that, that's kind of hard for us because the expertise mightn't be there. Sure. Uh, it's, it's a great point to raise. Um, as, I, as I mentioned before, right, retaining the right technical talent and making sure that we're delivering quality services versus, you know, price sensitive services. By delivering quality services, that is what we pride ourselves on. And what we see, especially in our region, is that, you know, cost, cost of the services and quality tend to be matched. And the, if you're paying a thousand dirhams a month for IT support, then you're also better off just burning it or throwing it in the toilet for that matter. Mm. You want to make sure that whoever is managing your IT or taking care of your technical needs is highly trained, making sure that they're delivering quality to you and that they align their goals with your goals as a company. That's what you know we want to do. That's what we do constantly in our company is that anybody that we engage with, our goals are completely aligned with you. We want to push you further uh, into innovation, further down the digital transformation journey, because we know that that is going to benefit you and any projects that you have from a technical deployment standpoint, we can also assist there. So at the end of the day, making sure that you have somebody that you can trust and a company that you can trust, that you can build a long-term relationship with, that has your back, is the most important thing as a company. Mm. We essentially become the extension of you mm. and are there to call you at 2 a.m. saying there's an issue happening, we're dealing with it, don't worry. Okay. And for you to sleep easy at night and not worrying that maybe your servers are going down or your website's going down or your email's being hacked, these are all things that are happening more and more. And with our protection and what we do, you know, people sleep easier at night. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, a couple of questions before we finish up running out of time. But one that struck me when you were talking about it in terms of talents that you have, um, you know, how do you recruit? Do you look at IT graduates and 
what is an IT graduate today and how do you go about that? Yeah, that's that's great because the world of IT, as I said, is so vast and everybody has specializations and it could be down even on vendor levels, right? People have Cisco certifications but okay. may not have Microsoft certifications or they have AWS certifications and none of the, of the rest. We're a Microsoft Gold partner, but we are... Um, we work with any vendors that our clients want to work with ultimately. And, you know, when looking at hiring personnel or, or bringing new team members on, it depends for what role. As a level one, which is pretty much an entry level, we know that there's room for, to, to assist and mold that person into becoming a, you know, a, a better technical team member. Mm. Whether that's putting them through, you know, the the training that we have in place, providing for them Microsoft AWS certifications to, you know, further their technical knowledge, and also place them into situations with our clients where they have to deal with problems immediately. So from that perspective, you know, on an L1 basis, they have to have technical knowledge, but it's also understanding who would be a good team member. When you start to look towards the higher levels, level two, level three, and then up into the consultancy level and practice manager level. That's where it starts to get a bit more complicated. And you, we tend to automate as much as possible within our company. Automate and manage. And anybody who we bring in, we know is providing a service or, or, or technical skills and abilities, which is very tough to automate or very tough to, um, very tough to, to do without. Uh, one of our, our guys, uh, Nikanj Belosha, who's our practice manager for data center and cloud services, He's strong across the board, mm. and uh, Jonathan Kelly, my my uh, my partner and, and co-founder, is a thirty-year uh, veteran in the IT space, expertish intelligence, worked for all the major vendors, and also understands in depth what's needed. Mm. So, from the perspective of hiring, it matters how they will mold with the team, what technical capabilities they can bring, whether it's from a networking perspective or a cybersecurity perspective, or you know anything additional to that and how that will affect our company in terms of new revenue generation, making sure that, uh, for example, if somebody has DevOps capabilities, that we're putting them into, say, Microsoft Dynamics projects where they're building out the HR platforms or the finance platforms for the companies. Mm. So it really depends on what the requirements are for that moment in time, how technically skilled they are, and are they willing to learn more and be put into situations which is, is tough for them to handle. And I think that's where growth is, is achieved and that's where you really see who's going to be in this space for a long time and who is not. Okay, you grew up here Mitchell and do you do you hire people who grow up here? Do you believe that the universities and you know do you think of the UAE as a place that you can recruit and build a business around? The UAE I, I have to say is my home. I was born in Abu Dhabi. I was raised in Dubai. When I was growing up the police were riding horses. I had dirt roads in front of my house. I lived in an area called Shorta Shabiya, which was opposite the prison and the mental hospital. <laughs> so it was a great neighborhood. <laughs> that today is where City Walk is. Wow. So complete changes around me. And what that did for me, just to give you what, why I have such appreciation for Dubai. Mm. Growing up, I had kids from 20 different nationalities in my class. Mm. It was like the United Nations table from a young age. I experienced yeah. so many different cultures. I experienced so many different important holidays for those cultures. I experienced so many different expe well, experiences in general, Amazing. which created who I am today. And one of the things I pride myself on is the fact that it doesn't matter where anybody's from, that I can sit across from them and find a common denominator. There's something in common that we have 
based on the fact that I was raised here. Hmm. Dubai provides a tremendous foundation, amazing foundation for people. I believe that they, anybody who was raised here are some of the most adaptable people that you're going to find. Uh, and absolutely, I hire people from here because of those reasons. If you put them brilliant. in any situation, they can handle it uh, and they can connect with people. That's brilliant. You articulated that really well. I think, you know, I, we often ask, um, you know, is this region a region that will emerge, uh, an emerging economy? And, you know, you talked about expansion into Saudi. Um, so you really believe in, in the region and the capability of building business here? Absolutely. The region is one of the most exciting regions in the world. I'm a big believer in developing countries. I mean, really, South, the South America, the region, and, and the entire African continent as well. Huge, tremendous potential there. Mm. From a technical standpoint, I probably still need a bit more time in order to look at that. However, from our region specifically, you're seeing huge strides in what's, being, what's happening. The kingdom, for example, with their projects such as Neom, Kedia, the Red Sea project, mm. all of these amazing projects that they're announcing all have a technical base at the end of the day where it's being managed, whether it's blockchain technology, whether it's you know investing into solutions for the metaverse, where we have a partner, uh, which is uh, Edify, which are doing amazing things with education in the metaverse and tra just transcending experiences for kids, whether if you want to go to the Colosseum in Rome, whether you want to go on the moon or in, to Mars and, and you know ride the rover and learn about it, but in a full immersed way, the region is investing heavily into these new modern technologies, which are going to completely shape the way the world operates. Amazing. And these heavy investments and these focuses, there's only one trajectory for them. What's, what scares me even more is the generation below me. Yeah. Because they never, they didn't ever not have access to the internet or information. And what they have access to now is 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 going to create the generation of people just with an overload of information ready to get that out. I think mm. that's going to spur innovation. I think that's going to spur a tremendous amount of uh, growth in our startup ecosystem, technical capabilities, and just in general how business is going to operate here. Mm. Whether you're interacting via digital means or in person, our region is booming and it will continue to boom and i, I firmly believe that amazing i was going to, i was going to maybe talk about something negative around the you know the, the prices of stocks this year but i think that's such a positive note to finish on your last two points were you know really encouraging and it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning mitchell and we'll we'll follow truly secured and you know maybe some of us will use your services as well i hope so thank you so much for having me richard i really appreciate it thanks a lot thank you that was really fun. Uh, Mitchell is an ambassador for the region and business, uh, never mind for his own, own company. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, I'd like to thank our producers today. Uh, Vishnu is helping on the audio and technical side of things and Shahir who handles the production and arranged the guests and uh, brought this show live on smashy.tv on our apps. Uh, we're just about to go live. Exciting tech announcement uh, on, on Samsung Smart TVs soon. We're already available on Sony, on Apple and all Android TVs as well. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, do check out our Smashy apps, uh, wherever, whatever devices you have. Uh, but also please do like, subscribe and recommend uh, the podcast. We'll be back as always at 11 o'clock on Fridays. And so this can be a nice weekend listen for people. Uh, and do let us know who you'd like on the type of guests that we have our founders 
CEOs, uh, C-suite from Dubai-based companies, and it's a cross-sector. It's any sector. It's not just startups. It can be long-established companies. Um, and you know we're we've been going doing this since January 2019 every week uh, and the amount of companies and the amount of interesting people that we speak to uh, and there's just there's just so many of them there's so many that come forward every week uh, to tell about their companies and there's so many different ones so thank you for listening thank you for being part of the Dubai Works community uh, and please do let us know any feedback and any recommendations you have thank you <laughs>